Hello, and welcome to episode 54 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And as always, at the start of this podcast, I like like to do two things. First, I like to give a shout out to our Vegan Business Tribe members. We really do have the most amazing members. And if you're looking for a supportive group of ethical vegan business people who all want to support you because you're on the same mission as they are, then you really don't need to look any further. We couldn't do what we do without the support of our hundreds of members. You are what makes Vegan Business Tribe what it is and also mine and Lisa's reason for getting up so early every morning. But second... At the start of a podcast, I also like to give the website a shameless plug. And come on, at least I'm being upfront and honest about it. But if you're just listening to this podcast every week and you're lurking there in the background without really getting involved, then I'm now talking directly to you. Because you are really missing out on 90% of everything that we do at Vegan Business Tribe. We are the friendliest, most welcoming bunch of businesses you could ever imagine. And if you come and engage with us, then Lisa and I can link you up with other vegan businesses and professionals who are just like you. We can give you the benefit of our experience in the vegan marketplace and also... We can just get really excited for you. And it doesn't matter what stage your business is at. So maybe you've been going for years and you think that you could give the benefit of your experience back to others with a vegan business who are a few years behind you. Then we often do masterclasses and masterminds with members who have a specific skill that might be useful for the rest of our tribe. Or maybe you just have an idea for a vegan business business at the moment or maybe you want to veganize your current company and you just want to get some feedback on doing that well i tell you you'll be far more successful if you surround yourself with people who are on the same mission as you are and everybody who signs up as a member to vegan business tribe gets a half hour with lisa and myself on zoom just so we can find out more about you and see how we can help because we want you to succeed. We don't see why we should be the ones with a label. Why should we have to point out that our vegan businesses don't cause suffering or hurt to animals? It should be the businesses that do that have to come with a warning. And the only way that we'll get to that point is if we make vegan business the new normal. We want to help you knock an animal product off the shelf. We want to help you support other businesses that have the same vegan mission. And we want to help you do it in a financially sustainable way. I start each podcast episode by saying that we're not just here to help you build a vegan business. If we're being honest, anybody can just launch a vegan business. But we're here to help you build a successful vegan business that is going to actually have an impact on the world and let you align how you make a living with your ethics. So, 
If you believe in that mission too, if you want to be part of Vegan Business Tribe and everything that we stand for, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com. Click on the big join button on the homepage and hopefully, instead of just listening and lurking every week, we'll be actually getting to have a chat about you and your business. Okay, so this week's topic, it actually ties in with what we've just been talking about, because a big part of actually having a successful vegan business is money. Now, I don't fully understand why, but many vegan businesses and just vegans in general don't seem to like making money. It's a topic that we tend to avoid when we can. We think it's unethical, and especially if we're making money from selling to other vegans, because we don't like selling. We don't like asking for money. And if this sounds like you, then I've got some bad news, because if you want to have a successful vegan business, then that means that you're going to have to take money out of somebody else's bank account and put it into your own. Even if you're a charity or a not-for-profit, even if you're selling to businesses and not the general public, yes, your ethics are important. Yes, your mission is crucial. But like it or not, money will always be one of the most important things in your business. And if you don't agree with me, then just try running your business without it for a couple of months and see what happens. Like it or not, in the system that we currently live in, money is the oxygen of business. And for most businesses, that money comes from one of three places. Now, ideally, it will come from your customers. So you're providing such a good service or product that people will pay you for it. And again, that goes for charities too. But instead of customers, when we talk about charities, we use other euphemisms such as supporters or donors. In fact, many companies never need to take outside investment to grow. They simply use the money that they generate from their sales and reinvest it back into the business. The second place, however, that money comes from, if all your costs aren't being covered by your customers yet, is usually the business owners, or rather, you. And I've done this. I've self-funded new businesses. I've used savings or even relative savings or income from a day job to get a business off the ground. In fact, that's how we first launched Vegan Business Tribe. We took the money that Lisa and I were earning from doing consulting work with high street brands and food manufacturers who were wanting to get into the vegan marketplace. And we put that money into building Vegan Business Tribe. Lisa called it our Robin Hood exercise, taking money from these non-vegan businesses and using it to support the grassroots vegan business movement. And it felt good. Or it might be that you go out and get a bank loan against a property that you own, or you might max out a few credit cards to get your business off the ground. And I know lots of businesses that have done this scrappy, bootstrapping business growth. And let me tell you, when your own money is on the line, and especially the house that you and your family are living in, and I've been there, then that really focuses your mind. But the third place that many companies plan to get their money is from investors. Now, 
We see a lot of this in the vegan business scene. So somebody comes up with a great idea for a new vegan product. And the first step of their plan is to go find an investor who is just waiting to throw money at them to make the idea a reality. Now, investors are interested massively in vegan and plant-based right now. I was at Plant-Based World Europe last month and there was a lot of money in that room and a lot of people looking to find the next big thing in vegan and plant-based. However, only a tiny fraction, and I'm talking single-figure percentages, of vegan businesses will ever attract an investor. And hardly any will find an investor for the startup phase of their business. This is because investors, they're usually fairly canny people. They usually have a lot of experience in business themselves, and they know that lots of ideas just never get off the ground, even if they're well-funded. A lack of money is rarely the main reason that a business fails. Remembering that hundreds of thousands of businesses every single year find success through bootstrapping, through hustling, and just the hard work of their founders. Most investors that I know, they are incredibly reserved with their money. It's why they now find that they have so much of it, perhaps. And the very last thing they're going to do is just to give you their money for you to try out an unproven idea. Just because you think that something should exist in the world, it doesn't mean that somebody else will give you the money to try and make it happen. And having this dose of reality right at the start, it's actually going to save you a lot of time later on. Because while you are spending all that time trying to find someone, invest in your company or idea before you even got started, you could have been instead spending that time proving the idea and working out if people other than yourself would be willing to pay money for it. Because most investors, they're not gamblers. If they were, they would take their money down to the casino instead. A big rule of business is that you should only ever put money into something that you have already proved works so that you can scale it up to make it work bigger and better. So investors, they're looking for the companies where the founders have already done this and proven the concept first, where the company has already figured out what works and it's already generating sales and building a customer base. Because at this point... They know that an injection of money, it will let the company scale up this initial success so that it can do it bigger and better to make even more money in return. If you go to an investor just with a great idea that will make loads of money and hope that they will give you some cash to have fun trying to see if you're right, then don't be disappointed when none of them return your phone calls. They're only really 
two cases when an investor might get involved before you've proven a concept yourself. And this is called seed funding. And the first is if you find someone with more money than cents. And I hate to use that phrase because it's really unkind. But I've seen people give money to someone setting up a business in a sector that they know nothing about just because they think that they'll get a load of money back because it's a growth sector. I was around during the dot-com bubble of the 90s and early 2000s. I saw investors giving obscene amounts of money to university graduates who had an idea to be the next Friends Reunited or Alta Vista, only to find that money completely gone within six months and just been left with a useless website that had no revenue streams in place. And if you've never heard of Friends Reunited or Alta Vista, then that just goes to show what happened to both those then huge early web companies. And there is some of that going on in the vegan sector right now. People see the money that has been made from investing in Beyond Meat or Oatly, and they think that if they give 10 grand to someone who's developed a vegan Satan recipe, that it will make them into a millionaire. But trust me, that kind of thing, it only ever leads to disappointment on both sides. And it may even leave you to getting your fingers burnt and being unwilling to try again. Most businesses get it wrong, to some degree, when they first start out. Because that's part of having and growing and building a business. Everything before you actually get your first customer, it's simply a guess of what you think might work. But if you start out wrong with a big bag of someone else's money, all that often means is you get it wronger, even bigger. Now, I sat down with a vegan business tribe member recently who was initially looking for funding to start their business. They didn't find it, so they started anyway. But they then completely rebranded and pivoted about six months in. And I asked... If she'd have got money at the start, would it have made a difference? And she said no, because all she would have done is spent that money on the wrong things before she'd properly worked out the business proposition. She'd have spent thousands on a website instead of learning how to build a website herself. And that would have been a complete waste of that money. The second case where you might get someone to invest in your business and give you money before you've proven an idea is if you are an exceptional person with a solid record of building successful businesses in the past. So, if you can show somebody that you've built a string of successful businesses and this next business is going to take everything that you have learned from them to create something even bigger and even better, then people might be interested in what you are planning. You would have to prove that the next thing you are doing builds on the success of the previous businesses you built in some way. So it would have to be in a similar sector or be based on the same base understanding. But some investors will back a person more than an idea. Imagine if Mark Zuckerberg left Facebook to set up the next big thing to connect people online. Do you think he'd have any problem raising the money to do it from people who wanted in on his next venture right at the start? 
As I said earlier, this is called seed funding. When you get backing to set up a business before you've even got a single customer. But for most of us, it's going to be down to us to prove a concept and get a business up and running first before then looking for investment to help us scale up something that is already working. So if you're selling a product, an investor, they will want to see that product already in a range of shops with a growing awareness amongst the public. If you've got a service business, an investor will want to see a strong ongoing revenue stream from clients that you've already won. And this is a hard bubble for me to burst, especially as we've got a lot of people who contact us at Vegan Business Tribe saying that they've got this great idea for a vegan product. And in the main, they are good ideas and they need help finding an investor for it. But the kindest thing I can say is that no one is going to give you money just to try out an idea. People who have already made money that they're now looking to invest, they have the privilege of being able to avoid all that early hard work of getting a business off the ground and proving that it will work. They've probably done that themselves in the past and they'll now leave that bit to other people. They want to get involved once you've already done that. Most will want their investment to take a business that has already been proven to the next level. And that will hopefully be the safest bet to them earning that money back several times over. So if you're at the point where you've got a business that is working, if you can prove with real world sales figures that the customers, the market and the demand are all there, and you can show that there's an even bigger slice of a pie, if only you could scale up what you're doing, then this is usually what they call Series A funding. This is what a company looks to raise after they've proven a viable business model. It's when you can prove a company has more potential, but that potential has been held back by a lack of funding. And for larger businesses, Series A raises they can be up to several million with a number of investors and funds coming together to invest in a business. Now, you might not be looking to raise a few million, but when you get to that point that you've proven your idea and you just need more money to make it work even bigger and better, then what is an investor actually looking for in a business? Well, the first thing to say is that any investor they'll be looking for a large slice of that pie for themselves. And you'll have seen on TV programs like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank that business owners come on and they ask for hundreds of thousands in return for a minuscule percentage ownership of the business. And you'll see that the dragons of the sharks, they usually laugh that offer aside and come back saying they want 30 or even 50% of a business in return. Now, most angel investors, so individuals putting money into a business, they'll be expecting at least 10 to 20% ownership of your business in return. A lot of the time, it will depend on how much money they're investing versus how much the business is currently worth. Because in essence, they're buying a part of the business with that investment. 
in the first company that I owned that took on an investor, he wanted 25% of the business so that he had the same control of the company as the other three current shareholders. And it was worth it. A combination of the money that he put into the business, along with his experience at the monthly board meetings, that enabled us to really scale up our operation. Because more often than not, with an investor, you are not just getting a sum of money. You are getting accountability. That person, they're not just hiding their money under the mattress. They're putting it to work. And they will expect to see monthly, perhaps even weekly or daily reports on sales, conversions and staff productivity. They will be wanting to see their investment making a return and they won't be afraid to start pushing for changes in the business if that's just not happening. Running a business yourself versus running a business with investors, it's a very different experience and it can be either a good or a bad impact on your company which is why you need to spend time getting to know the investor and their motivations to make sure it's a good match and that their expectations meet your own an investor will want to know what you're going to do with the money that they put into the business and will that money solve one of the restrictions that is preventing you from growing and more importantly, they will want to know when they can expect to start making a return on that money. They will want you to be really clear on this early on. It doesn't mean that if a plan changes later that they're going to try and pull all their money out of the business and crash your company because a good investor, they know how business goes. But they will want to know that you've got a clear, sound financial and growth plan in place and be able to see how they fit into that. Not that you'll just be making it up as you go along and hoping with a little bit of funding, you might be able to make some money back. Now, fully going into detail of what an investor will expect to see in your financial planning, that's a whole other podcast. In fact, it's probably a series of podcasts and some very technical in-depth articles with a few accountants involved for good measure. So I'm not going to go into that here today. But you need to know, have confidence in, and be able to prove your figures and your stats when you speak with potential investors. It's the number one indicator that many look for when first speaking with a business owner. How much of a handle has this person got on the financial reality of their business? And how much confidence do I have as an investor in their ability to deliver that plan? Because investors, they're not just looking at the figures. Yes, it's a huge part, maybe even the biggest part. But a plan on paper or memorised numbers, they're worth nothing. I have been told over and again that the thing that a lot of investors bring into their decision-making process is their judgement of the people who are involved. So, does this person have a record of making money? Do I trust this person's vision and enthusiasm for their business? Do I see a culture here amongst the people involved that will be conductive to business growth? 
What skills do these people have and what gaps are there? And are they smart enough to have already identified those gaps and they're working to fill them? And I best heard this once described by an investor as looking at who's on the bus. It's important to make sure that the right people are on the bus first, especially those that are in the key driving seats before then figuring out where that bus is going to go. So, if you've got a strong grasp of your figures, you know that you've got the skills and you've got these right people on the bus and you've already done the work to prove the concept and get the business off the ground yourself and you know that there's an even bigger market that you could go for, then you're in quite a strong place to make a case for somebody investing in your business to make that happen. But this is where a lot of people then fall down because they don't know how to get that information in front of an investor. Investors get so many people coming to them with a business opportunity. They get cornered at conferences, they get ambushed in elevators, and they receive a constant stream of LinkedIn requests, meaning that they actually spend a lot of time trying to avoid people with a business idea, just so that they can get on with their lives. So you need to be able to put all your information and your evidence together into a single document. And it's usually called a pitch deck. And this is something that investors can read through in just a couple of minutes to decide if they think there's an opportunity here for them or not. Now, again, I could do a whole series on pitch decks, and I might do, because we've had a few members sharing their pitch decks for feedback in our community hub over at Vegan Business Tribe, and we've had some really good conversations about them. But as a very quick guide that I might expand on later, in fact, I probably will, this is, in the main, what an investor is looking for in your pitch deck document. First, they want a document that they can get through quickly and that answers the majority of their questions. So this usually means no more than 10 slides or pages. It means one or two sentences per page that actually make sense because they want to be able to read through this document themselves without needing you there to explain what each graph or bullet point means. It might be in PowerPoint. It might be a PDF but it should look professional and be exciting. At the start of this deck or this presentation, they want to see you very clearly outline the problem that your business is there to fix and how you're going to do it. Again, in just a couple of sentences, not your entire life story. They want to see the external data that identifies the size of a market and how big the opportunity is here. They don't want just you saying that you reckon there will be a market. They want industry research and evidence. Remember, they want you to have already done the hard work proving the market is there. Then they'll want to know what's going to make you succeed in delivering this solution. What advantage do you have in this marketplace compared to potential competitors? Do you have some unique knowledge and experience? Do you have some unique computer systems or intellectual property that nobody else has? 
Have you already got traction in this market? Have you already got a brand that people know and recognise or a huge reach on social media that you'll be able to leverage? Right, so I'm aware that some people will probably be making notes here. So let me just quickly recap on these as I go through each section. Because these first things that we've just spoken about, they should make up about a third of your pitch deck. So to recap, slide one, what problem have you identified in the world and how is your business going to fix it? Slide two, how big is the opportunity? What's the size of the available market or customer base? Slide three, what's unique about you and your company? That means you've got that advantage over everybody else, including what success have you already had? Okay, so once you've got that outline of what the marketplace is and why you believe you're going to take it by storm... Next, you need to show an investor how you're going to do it. And that should make up the next three slides. So what's the plan? How are you going to find customers and how can you prove that you understand them? What's your marketing plan going to be to get in front of these people? And how much is that marketing going to cost? How much is it going to cost to get each new customer? And that's called cost of acquisition. And of course, if you've already got a business up and running, then you've already got real world company figures to back that up. Next, how will this investment of money free your company up for growth? How are you going to scale the business? What's the business model for growing? What's your sales figures and turnover now? And where are you aiming to get that to? How many customers do you need? And how long is it going to take to get you there? So, that will make up the next third of your pitch. So just to recap and round up, if you're making notes, slides four, five, and six are four, what's your route to market and how well do you understand your customers? Five, what's your marketing plan for getting in front of these customers and how much is each new customer going to cost to acquire? And six, what's the business model? How are you going to scale up and become profitable. And this then leads us to the last third of this pitch deck, which is more about the team and what's going to happen next. So who's on the bus? What skills do you all have? And where does your passion come from as the person leading the business? Where are the gaps? And is that part of the plan to fill those gaps? Is that why you need investment? Next, the investor needs to know about what your plan is for the future. Have you got an exit strategy in mind? Are you building a company to sell? And if so, what's the timescale of that? Are there other investors already involved and other people with a vested interest? And then finally, and perhaps so obviously that some people forget to address it at all, how much money do you actually want? Now, everything in the pitch up to now should have been laying the ground for this. You should already have an idea from going through how much your marketing is going to cost and what plans you have next for the business about how much money you're going to need. But not just about how much, but also when do you need that money? Is it one lump sum that you need 
or is it funding over a period of time? Is this money to build your company up to a certain point where you'll then need to go out and find more money to grow again? Is this just going to be the first funding you will need and you've got plans to raise more in the future? And be very open, honest and transparent with any investor about your plans for the future. They're probably business people themselves and they will get it. They will understand if you need investment to get you to one place and then will need more to get you to the next. In fact, they will probably spot that from your figures before you do. So, to finish that roundup off for your notes, slide seven should be about you and the team. Who's on the bus? Slide eight, what is the plan for the future? When's the investor going to get their money back? And when are you looking to exit, if you are at all? And then slide nine, how much are you actually asking for? And all that together, that should give you about a 10-page concise document that will give an investor all the information they need to decide if you are a good fit for them. But one thing that I haven't mentioned yet is that an investor, they're also looking for excitement. You want to get people excited about your business and the opportunity to get involved. You also want to convey how much enthusiasm and excitement that you are bringing to the table too. Because too many people forget that you can and should have fun in business. It should be a positive, soul-lifting experience for all involved when you've got your own company. So make sure that you're getting that across too. And once you have this really concise document, then you can share it with anyone and everyone who you think might be interested in investing. Remember, that people who publicly advertise themselves as investors or investment companies, they get a huge amount of pitch decks sent to them. And there are wholly vegan investment companies such as Veg Capital, which have backed vegan brands such as One Planet Pizza and this. But there are also a lot of below-the-radar potential investors out there also. Beyond Animal, they have a platform for bringing together vegan companies with ethical vegan investors, which I'd recommend that you go sign up for. And I've had a number of messages from people who are in banking and finance who are just interested in investing in a vegan business to help them grow and asking if I've got any recommendations. Because yes, an investor is looking to make money on their investment. Of course they are. But many also want to invest to support a mission as well. And the more people you get your mission in front of, the more chance you have of attracting these people to you. Innocent Drinks, which had a valuation of over 500 million when it sold, their founders started out by sending an email to all their friends and family, simply asking if anybody knew anyone who was rich, who might be interested in backing their fledgling fruit drinks business. So to finish off, I'll make the final point that just like winning a customer, sometimes winning an investor it's a journey and it takes time and relationship building too. Most investors will get to know a company over a number of months or even years before they invest. They will be watching 
learning, getting familiar with your brand and the work that you do. Perhaps they will first see you at a trade show, but they won't actually engage with you. Perhaps they will read about a campaign that your company has done and that gets you on their radar. Perhaps they'll even have an initial conversation with you, decide the opportunity isn't actually for them, but they'll keep watching just to see what happens next. I remember that our first investor in my previous business, he was a customer first for over a year and we had no idea that he was thinking about getting more involved with the business. Getting an investor, it isn't like getting a bank loan. You don't simply apply and then a computer decides if you qualify or not. It's a very human decision that isn't just based on the figures you put in front of someone. Getting an investor is getting someone to believe in your mission and join you on it. Which is why, as vegan businesses talking to an investor who is also vegan, you've got much more of a chance to prove that together, you'll be able to move us all that one step closer to a vegan world. Use that. Use that vegan angle. Or if the investor isn't vegan themselves, use the ethical angle of veganism to tie in with their wish not just to make money, but to create a fairer, more ethical world. Okay, so if you've been listening to this and you're thinking that you do now need to go back and listen again to take notes, then don't worry. I've got you. Let's just do a full roundup of what investors are actually looking for. So number one, investors are not going to give you money to play with or just to go and see if your idea works. Investors are usually looking to put their money into a company that's already been proven so that they can help scale it up to work bigger and better and then give them a return on that investment. Two, an investor may back you pre-launch If you can show a strong record of creating successful businesses in the past and you can convince them that the next one is going to be even bigger and better. Or maybe if you're bringing together a dream team of entrepreneurs to do just that. Three, all investors will look to take a percentage ownership of your business in return for their money. This isn't a bank loan. Usually, it's somewhere around 20%, but depending on how much money you need and how much risk they consider it to be, it might be as much as 50%, or they might want to take a controlling majority. Four, with investors comes accountability. You will have to produce regular reports and forecasts, and that's actually a really good habit to get into anyway. But you won't get away with just your whiteboard where you note down last month's sales. You will need to have a really strong grasp of your figures and where your business is all the time. Five, to a lot of investors, the people in the business, they're as important to the business or the idea itself when deciding if they're going to invest. Plans on paper, that's one thing. But having the right team on the bus who can actually take those plans and make them into reality, that is something quite different. Six, if you're talking to a potential investor, the first thing they will ask to see is your pitch deck. Remember that investors and investment companies, they get a huge amount of these. So take time to get it right and give them all the information they need. 
make it look good. Keep it to around 10 pages and make sure that somebody can read through it and understand it in about five minutes without needing you to be there to explain it all. Seven, a lot of investors in the vegan space, they're looking to make a difference as well as making money. So have a strong mission and show how you are actually looking to move a vegan course forwards with their help. And point eight, also remember that a lot of people interested in investing, they don't advertise themselves. So use your network to get your pitch deck in front of as many people as you can. Go join an investor network such as Beyond Animal. And why not take a leaf out of Innocent Drinks book and send your pitch deck out to all your friends and family and ask them to forward it on to anyone they know who has a bit of money sat in the bank. And that's pretty much it. Now, Often I record this podcast on a topic because it's a question that we get asked a lot and I like to be able to send somebody to an episode to give them more information. And we do get a lot of new members, especially asking us about finding an investor. So hopefully this has helped give you a better idea of if you're in a position to engage with potential investors or not at the moment. And like I said, I think we're probably going to be doing more around this in the members area on the website, probably next next year. Although we do have quite a few members who have got experience of things like creating pitch decks and finding investors. And everybody in the vegan sector is just always happy to share and to help others who have also got a vegan business. And that's what makes this whole industry so amazing. Right, I'll let you go now. But just before I do, could I ask you for two quick favours? So first, if you found this episode useful, and I know that you did because you're still listening, then I would love it if you could leave the podcast review on iTunes or give us a five-star rating or a thumbs up or whatever your platform lets you do. At the very least, can I ask you just to subscribe to the podcast? Because that lets the platform know that this is a podcast worth listening to, meaning that it will suggest it to more people. And just doing this, it's actually a really big way that you can support us without spending any money to do so. Second, and speaking of money, we're wholly supported by our members over on the Vegan Business Tribe website. So, if you love what we do and you want to support us, or if you're looking for help and advice with your vegan business, then come and join us. It's only £12.99 a month as a full member. And that's the equivalent of buying a cup of coffee a week from your local coffee shop. But it means that you get access to everything we do. You get access to our full community where you can link up with other vegan business owners, but you also get access to Lisa and myself on our live Zoom workshops and events. So go take a look at the website to see everything you get as a member. And we dearly love talking to people about their vegan businesses and seeing how we can help. So get yourself signed up if you're not already a member, and then let's have a chat about your vegan business. So thank you so much for listening, hugely. We always appreciate you giving up your time to join us on this podcast. And it's heartening seeing our listener stats growing each week and just how many people are interested in vegan business. 
and I will see you on the next one.